Hey everyone, this is Coach Tall Guy coming at you with another episode of Coach Talk. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to address game day coaching and I'm going to specifically talk about your body and your voice and how they affect the game both positively and negatively. So great coaches, good coaches in my opinion, are aware of their body language their voice and the type of feedback that they're giving during a soccer game, all right? So some of the great coaches that I've come across, um, most of the time their body language is very positive. So they're cheering for their players at the appropriate time, giving them claps, giving them little fist bumps as they come off the field. Uh, they Even when their kids are making mistakes, they're able to kind of stay uh, somewhat stoic, not, you know, not overly emotional. They're not stomping on the ground. They're not, you know, just putting their hands up in the air on mistakes. They're kind of cool, calm, and collective. Uh, when there is a good play, that's when they get in with in with the cheers. And you can just see them, like, kind of doing things with their arms. Those quick little claps, like, well done. I love it. Great pass. Way to knock it about. But their, their body language is exuding this positivity. Um, coaches who... Um, probably just don't don't realize that they're doing it, but how bad it is at times for a player is their their body language is just it's not good. It's uh, they're they are they're stomping on the ground, their hands are in the air, their hands are going to their face, their shoulders are slumped, and we want to avoid that because from a player's perspective, what we have to understand is now they see this type of reaction from a coach when they make a mistake. They are not going to want to try to go out and make soccer plays. When they have the ball, now they're going to play much more conservative. They're not going to try to make plays because they know, hey, if I screw up and I look over at the sideline, my coach's body is just going to show me how disappointed in me they are. And that's the last thing we want players is to feel disappointed, to feel like a failure, to feel like they're not very good or, or you know, they shouldn't be playing the game of soccer. And, and as a coach, our body language really does speak volumes and it can crush a kid when they just see their coach like, Ugh, uh, every time I touch the ball, the coach is like, Ugh. so we have to be aware of that um, as we're coaching from the sidelines. And then there's a lot of coaches who, their body language is a little overly animated, I would say. It's not coming from a bad place. They want their kids to do really well on game day. So um, one thing I would say try to avoid doing is avoid running up and down the sideline. Um, again, the, the players are the ones playing. So let's let them have that opportunity to play. You as a coach, you don't need to be going up and down the sidelines, running up and down with the field because... You're distracting the players. The players are going to look over and be like, wow, coach is on her horse today. Or he's running super fast up and down that sideline. Look at coach go. We don't, we don't want the attention on us as a coach. We want to make sure that the players are focused on the game. And when a coach is running up and down the sidelines, it's very distracting for the player. And, and it's hard because I've even seen coaches who are so into the soccer game that they actually start running or moving into the opponent's part of the sideline. So they're on their half of the sideline. And if you're that much into the game, then we've got a problem. Because remember, you're not the one playing. It's the players. So 
you know, just be aware of that. Rain it back. Um, we don't need coaches running up and down the sideline. That's just, you're, you're being overly animated at that point. Um, that also goes with kind of like your reaction to every single call a ref makes. If your reaction body language wise is like, oh, 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 and I get it. The refs are making, particularly at these ages and the young ones, they're making a lot of not great calls and it can get frustrating, but then you're sort of showing the players and the parents that it's all about the ref and not about the game. And then we end up focusing so much on the ref that we kind of lose sight of what's going on during the game. So really be aware of your body language when you're coaching from the sideline. It does at the end of the day, it speaks volumes and that can be good or that can be bad. Now, coaches, I also want you to be aware of just your overall voice and feedback. So as coaches, one of our main jobs is to give the team and individual players feedback. And what's great is you've practiced through the week. So hopefully you've gotten most of your feedback out during the practice week and not bringing all your feedback on game day. All right. Game day is an opportunity for the players to go out there and compete. Now, that's not saying you should just sit there in your chair and never make a comment, all right? The reality is they are very young players, they're recreational players, they have a lot of learning. Um, so it's okay to give feedback, but there is some appropriate ways to give feedback and some inappropriate ways to give feedback. And I've noticed when we're coaching, because I've been guilty of this too, it's very easy to give great feedback when your team's playing really well and you're winning and it's super easy to fall in that trap of giving poor feedback when your team's making a lot of mistakes and you're losing the game. And that's where we want to kind of be aware of what we're doing as a coach, whether we're winning or losing, where are we, okay, with our feedback. So on that note, feedback-wise, feedback should be overly positive during game day, okay? That doesn't mean you just have to be a cheerleader the whole time. But for those young players, being a cheerleader isn't a bad thing. But can our feedback be specific? Okay, so even when it's positive feedback, let's make it a little bit soccer specific. So something like, hey, I love how you got your head up and you made that pass. That's great positive feedback because now you've pointed out that the kiddo picked their head up and they were able then to make a good decision by making a nice pass. Or it could be some feedback of, Oh, I love how when you receive that ball, way to receive that ball and drive into that space, way, way to attack, nice cut move. Like maybe that's something you worked on in practice, all right? Or, oh, I love the way you got into that tackle, way to get in there, perfect. That's good positive feedback. Now, there's gonna end up, unfortunately, being negative feedback. So comments like, what are you doing? Pretty much a pointless comment. Uh, all that does is make the kid feel stupid. Uh, negative feedback would be like, come on, come on, come on, guys. That's just, again, that's not helping the team, all right? So we wanna avoid that stuff. And even kind of comments that are, I wouldn't say they're negative, but they're not really gonna help. Like things like hustle, hustle harder, let's go, run faster. like. Those aren't negative per se, but they're not really soccer specific. They're not really, you know, helping your game. Now, if there's a kid who you truly feel isn't hustling, you know, pull the kid off and explain to them like what your definition of hustle is. Because for a kid, I've met many kids who 
flat out, they're walking and they think that that is hustle. And they're like, well, I am hustling, I'm moving. And obviously as a coach, you have a different definition of that hustle. So you have to explain to the kid like, hey, this is what I want to see is hustle. All right. But those kind of kind of broad comments, I, I get where they're coming from. But I think as coaches, we want to try to step up and do a little better. Like I, I hear this one, particularly in the older age groups, we got to work harder. We got to work harder. And it's kind of like, OK, well, what specifically do we have to work harder on? Are we getting beat to the ball? Are we not transitioning well? Are we not keeping the ball? Like, let's be a little bit more specific um, in our feedback. And then when you're dealing with individual players during the game, it's super hard. And we fall into this trap a lot as coaches is we're trying to give feedback during the run of play to individuals and that's hard because they're constant they're trying to concentrate on the game all right so if you're going to give some individual feedback during a game better to sub a player off and then give them some feedback or pick and choose your times better which is a restart so like something like a throw in or a goal kick or a corner kick or a set piece those would be opportunities if you really need to you know get some kiddos attention to give the feedback, not during the run of play, because that's super hard. And then lastly, if you didn't listen to the podcast last week, this is the hardest thing as a coach. Almost every coach falls into this at some point in their career. I know I know for a fact I did, and it's this joystick coaching because we get caught up in the game and we continue to give what we think is feedback, but it's not really feedback, it's really direction. And unfortunately, it becomes direction that we're telling a player what to do whenever they get the ball and where to go. And we're coaching every touch. We're coaching everything. And at that point, it actually truly isn't feedback. You're not giving the kid feedback. You're actually just directing them and telling them what to do. So there's not a lot of learning going on. They're just being kind of like a servant. All right, I go do this. You tell me to go do this. I'll do it. I'll do that. I'll do that. But they're not actually learning to make any decisions for themselves. And at the end of the day, we might get some some good play or we might get some wins or things like that. But did the kid really grow as a player when the coach is the one making literally all the decisions for them? So we have to understand that 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 joystick coaching is, is easy to fall into and we want, we want to avoid that. And we just want to, again, err on that positive feedback. And you guys have probably all heard it, like give the positive feedback give some constructive criticism, finish up with another positive feedback, that whole sandwich principle of the positive feedback, but it it does hold true. So as you guys go into your games, one, be aware of your body language, all right? Two, be aware of the type of feedback you're giving, when you're giving it, how you're delivering it, and your tone of voice when you're giving it as well, all right? I think if you're aware of these things, it's going to make for a great experience for the players. And then for you as a coach, you're going to actually start to decompress a little bit, relax, and you'll get to enjoy the game from from just, hey, I'm the coach. I've done practices. Now is the time for the kids to play. I'm going to do some things I think can help them a little bit here and there. But this is their day, not my day. Uh, and it's very easy for us to get kind of, again, 
we're all emotional. We're having fun out there. We're getting into it. I'd rather have coaches who are into it than coaches who don't care. But there is there is kind of that that fine line, I, I would say. So um, go out there, enjoy it, have fun. But at the end of the day, let the players play. Be encouraging and uh, the feedback, you know, just air on that positivity, positivity side and you're off to the races. And as a coach, you're doing a great job. Hope you found this helpful. And this is Coach Tall Guy out.